edition of Where's My Burrito with me, Christian Torres, and my co-host, Max McCarty. Hi. All right, so check this out. This is round two. Let's not even fucking fake. Oh, it's been a whole seven days in between the last episodes. <laughs> no. no. It's been like maybe 24, 24 hours. hours. But it's your last day in Brooklyn. Hey, we're back, baby. So I figured, like, why the fuck am I going to waste a, a, a max day not fucking doing one of these things? Yeah. That, and also, like, you know, not for nothing, I fucking loved yesterday's episode. Or, that I mean, was... last week's episode. You know, I haven't <laughs> been able to listen to it yet. You yeah. already edited and added yeah. the song and everything, but yeah. I felt really good about Quickest it. Quickest edit I've done, by the yeah. way. Yeah, because, la- like, you know, usually, not that we have to do a bunch of edits, because that's not true. Yeah. But usually there's, like, two or three things I got to cut, or we take a break in the middle of because we have this weird delay. <laughs> Um, this one was just a straight 55 minute conversation. Mm-hmm. It's fucking wonderful. Yeah. So I'm excited to do another one. I'm excited for y'all to listen to it. Um, with that being said, we did make some promises, man. We made some promises that we would do five minute installments of face off. Oh and yeah, we did. In case you forgot yesterday, you want to give them a quick recap, just a 10, oh, 10, God. 15 second recap. I don't know the- if it's possible to do in 10 to 15 seconds, but the setup for the movie, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the opening scene, Sean Archer played by John Travolta mm-hmm. is shot. By his arch nemesis, a terrorist for hire, Nicolas Cage. But as he's getting shot, so does his five-year-old child. Mm -hmm. So now, cut to six years later, Sean Archer is on the case. He's out for blood. He's still trying to get Nicolas Cage. And where we last left off, this cop on the edge has a lead. Nicolas Cage is at the airport with his brother. Mm -hmm. And they've got a few minutes before his plane takes off. For sure. And uh, we did leave out that previous to the scene, uh, Nick Cage, dressed as a fucking priest, Mm -hmm. right? Has planted a bomb in the LA Convention Center. Yeah, we can't. We said that. that last week, but yeah. this is a very important thing. It's okay? very important we remember this. He's got some info, all right? So the next five minutes, immediately after that, <laughs> or right, pick it up in real time, all yeah. right? Fucking the LAPD gives him some intel finally, all right? <laughs> and so the case is breaking. Yeah. But contrary to their own statement, they do not take a break here, okay? Not when the case breaks. <laughs> so uh, now that you got fucking people speeding to the airfield mm-hmm. and shit like that. What's interesting, man, and I said this yesterday. Is the one scene I remembered from this movie is mm-hmm. in the first ten minutes of the film. Yeah. It's not in the end like I thought yeah. because this kind of begins with a giant action set piece. Well, as giant yeah. as you could for 1997. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So uh, Nick Cage is at some weird abandoned airfield, and yeah. then he gets on a private jet. And yeah. There's a woman in the most non-sexualized yeah. clothing. She's you've like ever wearing seen. like a beige drape. Or something. She looks like she's wearing Dr. Evil's fucking outfit. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like something where there's nothing, nothing left to the imagination. Well, she just looks like someone's mom that's about to go work at the bank. <laughs> but, and on a dime, right? Like, yeah. he fucking, Nick Cage sees her and he's like, hey, come here, sit on my lap. You know what I mean? So now she's sitting on his lap. And yeah. then it's like, something about suck my tongue, would yeah, you be like, honored? Yeah, would you be honored if I asked you to suck my tongue? And then he just sticks his tongue out. And she's like smiling like this is a normal request. And Doesn't then she, even flinch. She does it. Like, yeah. it's all good. I'm like, it. man, Nick Cage is magnetic. Maybe not yeah. Nick Cage, but Caster Troy, certainly. Yeah, Caster Troy <laughs> has just got an animal magnetism. So, so this is happening. People are sucking fucking tongues. It's a weird thing. And then all of a sudden, the engine starts going. Yeah. And what do we hear, man? Just fucking... Sirens. Sirens everywhere. Fucking sirens everywhere. The the cavalry is here. Helicopters are fucking flying everywhere, okay? Like, there's a whole thing going on here. Um, 
And the entire cavalry's coming behind the plane as, as Nick Cage is trying to take off, right? Mm-hmm. Problem is, who's mm-hmm. coming in front of the fucking plane, bro? Fucking JT. JT. John not Timberlake, <laughs> all right? Because that would be amazing. I'm talking about the original JT. Before, the better JT. <laughs> before it was usurped by that interloper. That fucking asshole. This man of the woods. Timberlake. Go fuck yourself, Timberlake. social network. I hate that piece of Drop shit. Drop the the. It's cleaner. <laughs> fuck you. This was called The Face-Off, but Travolta got to it. So Timberlake ripped that off too, man. All right? So anyway, so this happens. He's coming, and Nick Cage sees it, and then and, and fucking Bunny Colvin from The Wire, who's also in this movie. We yeah. didn't say anything about they, okay, this. Okay, yeah, let's just say this cast is front-loaded with like some of the best working character actors, period. Certainly. CCH Pounder. Amazing. Who else? Uh, Gavin Belson. Don't know his real name. Gavin He's Belson <laughs> from <laughs> Silicon Valley. <laughs> Margaret Cho is in it for some reason. Not um, sure John why. Carroll Lynch. Oh, yeah, JCL, bro. John Bunny Colvin from The Wire. Like, yeah, the list goes on. Yeah. There's some actual solid fucking actors in this movie. It's actually really incredible, man. In this fucking dumpster fire. (laughs) Dumpster fire is kind, man. Yeah, that is. This is like a... A dumpster fire I'd actually This is a landfill fire. This is like a Staten Island fire, we'll call it. You know what I mean? So, uh... No offense, I know you're about to move to Staten Island. Anyway, I'm getting off fucking point here. Dumpster fire, okay? Bunny Colvin's like, you're playing chicken with a plane, which is funny, because there was that play chicken with the train song. Yeah. I guess at the same time. I have to imagine that's what that joke came from. Probably. Eh, or maybe he was literally just like, you're playing I chicken mean, with a train. I mean, John Woo doesn't strike me as a culturally aware guy. I don't think he had his finger on the pulse of anything. He knew what was up. He's like, Cowboy Troy, be in my movie. <laughs> like, that's what it was. He, like, rewrote that fucking thing. <laughs> Cowboy Troy was supposed to play the Bunny Colvin character, is what you don't realize, but oh, in the 11th no. Hour, he couldn't do it because he's like it's a train not a plane yeah. he was very strict john, about john that. woo had to, had to make do with what he had and he made do just fine at least with the casting of bunny colvin yeah. all right so this happens everything's going on <laughs> tell me how you really feel Max. that was such a real like man all right derailed me so anyways no you... derail. we need to ponder on this moment for a second no i'm joking all right so uh so fucking travolta's playing chicken with the train and as he's about to collide with it through the fucking rearview mirror he realizes oh no that's not even what happened we cut back into the plane for a second yeah. right winters pulls her fucking gun now yeah, winters this, this is, is the, the stewardess stewardess who's just sucking on this guy's tongue no yeah. problem she's like freeze fbi and then what happens the fucking uh, brother hits her or something yeah which is weird to me that they had an undercover person on the airplane, but it was just mentioned earlier that they got intelligence from local police mm-hmm. that they were on the runway. So wouldn't their undercover agent be able to inform them right. that that was happening? Why would I'm you even, saying, I'm saying, why do you even fucking make a big deal about it, right? Yeah. Like, you wait till you get to where you're going to go. You just put a bullet in that fucker's knee, man. You can do yeah. that. You're the FBI. You can do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Right. This is weird. You're right, because that... Dude, we can't get lost into the fucking contradictions that, that's, of this okay, film. <laughs> see, that's the problem with this segment, and I didn't want to like shoot you down from the get go. But like, this is you get lost in the weeds in this movie, like really. Well, you quick. just can't get into the internal logic problems. Okay. you know what I mean? So, because so we just need to describe what's happening so and many. not get into the whys, the hows, the wherefores. Only when it's necessary, okay. I feel. Fair, All right, fair. so we just need to get to the point, which is this: Travolta's about to hit this fucking plane, but through yeah. the fucking plane windshield, he sees that Nick Cage, aka Castor Troy, has Winters, which yeah. is the female student. He stewardess. got the jump on Winters. Got a fucking gun to her head, yeah. right? So he's got to like fuck it, and he yeah. pulls off. Oh, to he's the got side. Winters, as if he didn't know she was on the plane yeah. that he's about to ram into with his Humvee. So many fucking problems with this, but anyway. Uh, so yeah, he tries to do that. He fucking swerves out of the way. The plane mm-hmm. starts going right, yep. and then they're still chasing him from behind and. And uh, for some reason, Nick Cage has opened the door, like making himself way more susceptible to gunfire. And He's shit. literally like hanging out of the door and like just laughing like a fucking idiot. Yeah. I don't know. But at some point he has the fucking winters right with the mm-hmm. gun to her head. 
And he, uh, look, this is actually kind of metal. He shoots the fuck out of her, man. She dies. Yeah. He throws falls, her out. Falls right out of the plane. Everyone's like, Winters! Yeah, and you see the body rolling yeah. on the tarmac and everything. It's, it's metal. My initial problem with this, not to get too shitty and to get lost in the weeds, but it's just like, you're an FBI agent and you went undercover. These are the fucking stakes, okay? Yeah. Like, uh, Travolta's a bad fucking officer for not, like, still going on with the plan. Winters was dead the moment that she got into that plane. Yeah. All right? That's just the truth. Yeah. So the fact that, like, we dwell on it is a problem. But despite that, all right, they see her lifeless fucking body. Travolta mm-hmm. stops the car, and you think him and Colvin both get out to go see Winters' dead body. Yeah. No, sir. Colvin is the only guy who's caring enough to actually go, okay? Because <laughs> Travolta has commandeered a in, fucking helicopter. In the best shot in cinema history, we cut over to Travolta... Music goes dun 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 dun. He's wearing sunglasses, looks smug as hell, taken off in a helicopter. It's wonderful, man. Yeah. And then he prevents the fucking airplane from lifting yeah, off. Yeah, he lands on the wing of the airplane and everything. So many it's problems great. here. And then Colvin, in all of his wisdom, says to the remaining people who, again, are in Humvees mm-hmm. and motorcycles and shit, follow Archer's lead. <laughs> So to be clear, Archer has just commandeered a helicopter and he's trying to land it on a moving airplane. What do you do with that information as a standard FBI agent? It's a shining example of how to act, man. Be a go-getter, you know? And it's like... Follow Archer's lead! Oh my god, dude. And here's the thing. This scene is so fucking long, man. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you. this whole thing that we're describing is as long as the scene actually unfolds, okay? Like, that's the truth. Yeah. And then, even after that... <laughs> We have a whole other scene. <laughs> like, oh, it keeps going. Because they get the plane into like a hangar or something, yeah. and then he like escapes, and there's a shootout, and uh, John Travolta, again, another great scene, jumps on top of a police car to shoot some mm-hmm. people, and then, this is my favorite thing, 90s gunfights, man. There's a lot of just jumping in random directions. Yeah, a lot of sliding down things while shooting, a lot of jumping in the air. Why while is that shooting. accurate? Why is, who, who decided accurate. that that was a thing? I think it was John Woo. I think it's his fault. Like, we took the wrong lessons from whatever movies he made before this, and I should know was them, but after kill, this... Hard or Easy Target, or one of I those think all of fucking them. movies. I don't know. They all sound the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's either hard or it's easy, but <laughs> someone's getting killed. Like, that's the John Woo way. The John Woo way. One John Woo way. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna name a Memorial <laughs> Street called One John. Well, wherever he shot that, we should go. And, like you know, they have do the right thing way over here, right mm-hmm. off Lexington and Stye and Bed Stuy. So it's just like, why don't we do that with wherever this fucking film was shot? Which they say is L.A., but L.A. Did never seemed that post-apocalyptic to I, me. You know, I question like, whether that was L.A. Um, so we're still fucking here now. Nick Cage is out. There's a whole thing. He fucking yeah. escapes. They catch the brother and whatever, and then he fucking gets caught because he goes to like. What, where the engineers make the fucking parts for planes Yeah, I don't or really understand why there was, like, an airplane factory on a tarmac, <laughs> but there's, like, a jet engine testing site there, yeah. and John Travolta happens to know which buttons to hit to mm. turn it on. Nailed it. Positions Nicolas Cage in front of it. It blows him back into a metal grate, which should have killed him. Yeah, immediately. And we think he's dead, but, no. spoiler alert, he is he's, not. He's but a, we will get to that next He's in a coma, man. He's we in a coma, you know? Um, and like, listen, I can't even tell you that we've only probably done 10 to 15 there, minutes There is so movie. much in the shootout that we just glossed over that I could get into. That's like a whole episode's worth of material, but I I'm not going we gotta to do a commentary. I think that like taking this five minutes at a time is going to kill us, man. Yeah. Like, it's going to be gonna... like 60 episodes later. We're going to be halfway through. Oh man. Suffice to say that it's fucking brilliant. And, uh, you know, again, I was thinking about like why this was an interesting movie hmm. at the time, because it's like you said, like 
look, man, it's silly now, but 97, these were the most bankable fucking actors yeah. in Hollywood, like, man. That was the appeal of seeing the two most bankable actors in Hollywood playing each other. Right, and that yeah. was the main conceit, which I'm like, as an actor, I understand that challenge. Yeah. Like, now, like, Nick Cage, and the truth is, Nick Cage actually does a decent fucking job. Like, mm-hmm. he's not getting the respect he deserves in this yeah, fucking like, movie. Yeah, like, he does some subtle things in that movie, and yeah. it's really frustrating, because then he goes full crazy Nicolas Cage in the next moment. Yeah. And it's like, I yeah. almost respected this performance. But... Compared to Travolta's version of Nick Cage, it is... Um, Wee, you good looking. It's a masterpiece, dude. Yeah. Like, his performance in comparison is great. This is why... You know the Duff? What was that fucking movie with uh, Mae Whitman or whatever? <laughs> That's it's the like, Duff, yeah. Yeah, bro, you keep the Duff with you so you always look good. And Travolta's <laughs> so the Duff. So Travolta's the Duff, but he doesn't know it. Exactly. You know, he thinks he's fucking Nick Cage. He thinks he literally is <laughs> always the Always the Duff, never the Duff bride. <laughs> Oh Christ! Okay. Um. All right. So that was uh, our second installment of Face Off. We'll see. Tune if in this next week goes. for more, or maybe we'll just give up on maybe it altogether. Less. I don't know. I think it's a fool's errand. I think that it's a movie that's not even meant to be unpacked because it's impossible. <laughs> if you were to unpack it, you would find a labyrinth inside of a riddle, inside of an enigma, yeah. and you would go crazy. Is yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, I, mean, I get it. But I've skimmed the surface and I've seen what true fear looks what, like. What madness is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, man. So enough face off. I do want to talk to you about one thing, man, um, because I was obsessed with this. And again, this is like, I think whenever I eventually commit some uh, atrocity against the world, yeah, they were like, there were no signs, and I'm like, actually, I mean, <laughs> like, honestly, it's inevitable, right? Actually, go back to episode seven where he said the thing that cheers him up is to watch natural disasters happen. That's sure. a sign, and this is the second sign, which is I took a deep dive into serial killers mm-hmm. and shit. Because they're fascinating creatures, all right? They really are. I mean, you know, Mindhunters, we watched that. It was fine. Um, Did you know that 75% of serial killers are Americans? We've cornered that fucking market, son. No, I did not know that. Now, there are obviously serial killers in other places, of course, man. But, like, 75% of traditional fucking serial killers are Americans. Like, you think they'd be coming from, like, more fucked up countries like Russia, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But maybe we're just, in our arrogance, we think that we're less fucked up than Russia, and maybe we're not. I'll tell you, I have a theory for it. Mm. I think it's just we have too much freedom. Like, it's <laughs> the one time that freedom's really fucked us over the other I way. Mean, you there, know what I mean? there are some philosophers, I don't know their names because I don't read that much, uh, who do say that, um, you know, the overwhelming amount of freedom that we have is actually uh, causing a lot of yeah. anxiety and depression and whatever. And I think it it's leads the, to kills. It's the, as, you know, as the philosophers call it, it's Netflix syndrome. Mm-hmm. You have all these options, but you can't make a decision. It was Voltaire who said that. I believe right? it was yeah, Voltaire. Voltaire. Um, it's it's one of those things where it's like not only seventy five percent of it Americans, ninety ninety percent of serial killers are men. So not only is it super fucking American, but I'm surprised it's surprised that. Number is higher. higher. Really? You're just like, bit. women can't kill people. What do you think that's about, man? I got scold. I didn't get scolded, but, you know, I had a, a check my privilege moment mm. about, like, you know, women's television shows and whether I, I would like them or whether they're lesser art because it's just a bunch of women. That's not true. Right. So why like, am I hating on females for not being able to kill people? <laughs> why? <laughs> like, women, you hating? really got to step this shit like, up. Let's unpack that <laughs> sentence. Why am I hating on women for not being able to kill yeah, people. Yeah, they gotta step up, man. Equal rights. They gotta have a, a second is, Me Too movement. Hey, Me this, Too, This is your, too, ladies, you know? this is your moment. So pick up your axes. 
I'm telling you, seriously. Because you can, especially with Me Too, you mm-hmm. can like be like, yeah, I was harassed or some shit. I mean, obviously only kill the people who actually harass you. Don't just use it as an excuse yeah. to fucking kill you. If you're harassed or raped, go kill that fucker. I'll understand, right? Up the fucking percentage. Yeah. Because it's got to be a Me Too, too movement. It, the women have to claim their, their percentage, their market gain mm-hmm. in the serial killer world, man. Is it because women are supposedly nicer? Is it just because they're more demure? Is it possible that it's like literally hormones? Like testosterone just fucks you it up makes that you much kill more? People. I don't know. <laughs> what does estrogen do? It makes you play fucking psychological games with people? Yeah. yeah. And, and like hug things more. Is that what it is? And hug yeah. things more? But it's, like, what it's if it's, a, it's like, a hugging hormone. What if it's right? like a lady of mice and men situation? Like he just wants to hug that fucking rabbit or whatever, but the he, puppy, and he, he kills it. it. Yeah, man. Or Curly's wife. That, no, that's a fucking what you call it. That's a Twin Peaks reference, right? Because yeah. Sherilyn Fenn plays uh, Curly's wife in uh, the Mice and Men, the '92 one. Right? Yeah, man. She gets Damn, her... Sherilyn, she's killing it, dude. She should have killed it way more throughout her career. She's such a oh. Well, she's surprisingly like uh, prolific. Like I, I didn't realize she was in as many things as she was. Like she's a, she didn't have a bad career. I and mean, you look at like Laura Palmer or something. She didn't do nearly as much as uh, Sherilyn Fenn did. Or Laura Flynn Boyle. Yeah. At least Sherilyn Finn has a face still. Like, every time I see Laura Flynn Boyle, I cry a little. Yeah, it's a little sad, man. Sherilyn Finn, though, like, let's be real, one of the best all-time screamers in cinema history. You think better than uh, Laura Palmer? That Laura Palmer scream doesn't do it for you? Yeah. <laughs> it does. I need you to know, audience, the shifty-eyed <laughs> nature of that whole statement. Like, it wasn't even like he was computing some shit. He was like, how the fuck could you ask me this question? Because it's so obvious, man. <laughs> I don't know. It just that really captured my imagination. Yeah. That not only is it a fucking like racist thing in terms of like Americans have dominated this. This is like the whole Hollywood uh, fucking mm. Como City. So what's the thing where they change the the gender or, oh, ge- uh, um, whitewashing? Whitewashing. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I'm I was going to say gentrification, <laughs> but eh, whatever. It's kind of the same thing. Right? Same thing. The I'm gentrification of roles, right? Yeah. So like the gentrification of fucking serial killers. Like we already have that, but on top of that, like women ain't got no fucking play. It's yeah. a little depressing, man. I mean, it is. It, I, I feel like the more depressing fact, the more depressing <laughs> takeaway is that America has 70% of all serial killers. I don't really care about the gender. But of that, only 90% are women, man. Or, or 10%. Oh, 10%. 10%. Holy shit. That would be... How do you think that would fucking play out? Women already get shit on all the time, right? But you throw a fucking... Uh, like, of all women, yeah. we're the responsible then, for then all the crime Then we would have that statistic. <laughs> this would be a straight up fucking... Um, like a Handmaid's Tale, like it would be like they we would have. You know, put I haven't watched camps. that, but it wouldn't be good. But you know the fucking thing, right? Yeah, I know the fucking thing, probably. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sorry, we took a small break there. Uh, all right, what do I say? Handmaid's Tale. All right, so you don't yeah. have to fucking know the show, but read the book. It's a fucking wonderful book. It really right. is. Cormac McCarthy once said that he'll never write anything as good as The Handmaid's Tale. I doubt it, but I like that he said it. I agree. I think he's being way too modest because he's a genius, but like, it's very true. It's a great fucking wonderful yeah. book. Um, but the whole idea of that is like women are fucking uh, blessed be the fruit, right? Like mm. they're, they're fucking um, breeders and that's kind of what they're there for and shit so like that. So they put them all in a ladies camp? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, I mean, the, like, it's weird. They, so they you make have the, them wear bonnets and shit? Yeah. Well, you have the officers, right? Like the generals yeah. or whatever, the commanders, I think they're called. They all have weird fucking things, right? Yeah. Weird titles. And then they have wives. But like uh, the other contingency to this is that a lot of women are barren. There's like only such a small number of women who can even have kids. Right. So in this weird fucking totalitarian world, we have made all the people who can't have kids like breeders. We put them in a fucking room together mm-hmm. and we're like, you're going to breed, kid. Meanwhile, the women who can't have kids are actually living a decent life-ish oh. because they're not there. But what you kind of realize is like they're even more like considered worthless. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, 
more fucking victims to this system. They're because like the untouchables. They have no fucking value. You know what I mean? Even though they're living in the nice house, they got servants. They get whatever the fuck they want. Right? I mean, that sounds pretty chill, honestly. You just got to be. Sterile. I would rather be that than breeding stock or something. For sure, man. Yeah. And the other thing that's fucked up about Handmaid's Tale is that they take your name away from you, right? Yeah. The main protagonist's name is June. That's her real name. But when you oh. first meet her, her name's Offred. And right? this is Peggy from Mad Men. This is fucking Elizabeth Moss, yeah. Or just Peggy from Mad Men. Like, let's not give her a real identity. Uh, so, yeah, but it's interesting because the way they derive it is, like, whoever you're assigned to, whoever your commander is, mm-hmm. is the name you have, right? So, oh. obviously, this commander's name is Fred, right? So, mm. she's Offred, of Fred. And there's, like, of Adam and all that shit. Oh. So, that's literally your name. You're taken away and given a fucking slave name, Gross. <laughs> that's your whole input? Gross. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. If yeah. 90% of people, if it was 90% women who had killed people, mm. we would have locked that shit down already. This just yeah. proves the double standard so fucking hard. Toxic man. masculinity, man. We were talking about it earlier. That might be a part of it too, other than testosterone. I don't have a lot of theories here. I'm not a fucking social scientist, but yeah, you know, toxic max- <laughs> masculinity. It. You said toxic masculinity, oh, which no. I think you should start a new podcast. <laughs> toxic masculinity. It's like the Joe Rogan experience, but less opinionated oh, and God. less confident. Uh, and uh, probably less shitty, to and be honest. And more liberal and... Um, less pseudoscience. Less su- it wouldn't be a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> would not have the makings of what you would call an entertaining podcast. It, it really wouldn't be comparable to the Joe Rogan yeah. experience In any way. But, yeah. you know, you said it, so we have to kind of... Just for the pun it. factor. At the end, you know where they say, if you like this podcast, you might also like, and we're going to have to put the Joe Rogan podcast yeah. there, but we'll be like, it's a lie. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not true, it's, man. It's not true. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. That, like, really fucked with me. And I just got, I got really, like, worried about the, uh, every day, man, I feel worse about being a guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and here's the thing, every day, do you feel worse about being a white guy? Yeah, I feel like I kind of hit a ceiling on the whole, um, as bad as I can feel. I'm not saying that I shouldn't feel bad, because obviously I should. Probably. Should you? I don't know. Let's get no. Let's get into a real conversation here. Let's see if we could like uh, solve the gas crisis or something. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, he, uh, no, honest answer, like serious answer, is that I think that what the position that I'm in now and the best that I've found that I can do is to just shut the fuck up mm-hmm. and sit back and listen as much as possible. It's not that I don't have agency or an opinion. Yeah. But the thing is, people have been listening to you know white men for centuries upon centuries upon centuries so i am absolutely fine with taking a back seat and letting the conversation unfold and if you want me to be part of it include me in the conversation otherwise i'm not going to impose my fucking oh i was born in the suburbs i know about oppression i don't (laughs) sure but that doesn't mean you can't have opinions and stuff so i'm a brown dude giving you an opportunity to talk about some shit Mm. you know what i mean because i think it's weird i make that joke a lot with you which is like you can't say that because you're white I think that that's shitty. Like, yo, you, I've known you my whole life, and you've mm. never done anything shitty or racist to someone, so it's yeah. just like, why the fuck shouldn't you have an opinion on something? I also understand that there are moments, like I said with the Me Too movement, it's like, yeah. I'm not a fucking woman, and I don't think I've ever been fucked with, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So it's like, I'm gonna fold my arms, and I'm gonna shut the fuck up, because yeah. it's not my point to talk. But when it comes to, like, real-world fucking problems, you're not allowed to say something? Like, Well, like, what would be a problem? Like, what's an example? Because... I mean, like, little, like, Black Lives Matter, like, people don't seem interested to hear the opinion of anyone. Now, the problem is, a lot of stupid fucking white people who think that they're being helpful say, like, mm. all lives matter, and don't seem to understand the fucking problem with right. that. Mm-hmm. But my problem with it is, like, ideologically, all these movements, ideologically, Logically, I'm on your side. Intellectually, mm-hmm. I'm with you. It's yeah. just the execution of all these things. Right. Well, I mean, okay, so Carlin said something that has always stuck with me, and it's going to take us a little bit off topic, but a little bit on, because yeah. this is a big part of my personal philosophy. Do it. Um, and I'm going to fuck up this this quote even, and it's that 
He says, I, I love people. I love individuals. If you look at someone's eyes, you can see the universe in their eyes. Oh, shit. What I hate are institutions. I hate groups. I hate when those people come together and form larger and larger groups because groups can become wrong-minded. They can be taken down by the few. Mm-hmm. So like with any movement, you have to allow for the fact that there are going to be some people who take the wrong message with the good intentions. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. So like even with Black Lives Matter, even with the Me Too movement, which we talked about a little bit today, there are going to be some people who misrepresent what that should be about. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So I, I think overall, I'm not going to fully attach myself to any one movement or any one tribe or even any one political party just for that reason, because I don't trust something that is such a large apparatus run by so many. Yeah. Even if I rep- even if I want to represent and respect the needs of the individual. So that's, but that's good, at. but I feel like what we're doing as a backlash is we are suppressing other people's right to talk. Mm. And that's like a thing. Like so I'm a Puerto Rican dude, man. I got to fucking be conscious of like the role I play in this, yeah. right? Um, cuz it's weird. I walk in both worlds. We've talked about this before. I'm white to fucking black people in Brooklyn and I'm too dark for fucking racist white people sure. in Brooklyn, you know? So it's a really nice time to be alive for me, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but it's like one of those things where it's just like, look, man, suppressing someone's opinion, you know, even dis- I'm over, I'm the guy fighting for like fucking idiot neo-Nazis to be able to say stupid shit that they want to because mm-hmm. that's their constitutional right to say stupid shit. I don't have to agree with it. And I certainly don't have to like it, but they right. have a right to say whatever the fuck they want. Like, so let alone someone who's not a fucking Nazi, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like, why are you not able to say something? That's kind of that's kind of where I'm at right now, which is just like, yo, why are we shutting up allies? Mm. Because you're an ally. Yeah. So why the fuck are we like, we don't need you, you know? Yeah. That's just, that shit bothers me so much, man. It's like the self-dividing shit. And I've talked about this a bunch on the podcast, so maybe we don't need to like spend too much time on it. Yeah. But it's one of those things where I'm just like, you know, I never thought I'd say poor white people because honestly, fuck you guys, but... Damn, I, well, honestly, man, I don't. I don't feel. Uh, I don't feel like anybody has shut me up. I don't feel like I'm underrepresented. Um, I feel like I don't have a lot to say that's of any significance pertaining to certain things. Yeah, that so, hasn't already been said. That hasn't already been said, and I can't speak from experience the way other people can. So, sure. like I said, I'm going to shut up, and then when it's my turn to talk, or if I have something to say, then I'll yeah. fucking say it. Otherwise, I'm going to march with you. I'll walk with you, but I'm not going to be, uh, you know. Well, I think this, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. One time I was in the suburbs and I saw this. No. Is your, is your um, fucking discrimination like not getting a BMW on your 16th birthday or something? Yeah. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's, that's your version of fucking Yeah, like... I've, I've never experienced any real <laughs> adversity in my life. Like, the one time someone was racist towards me, this, this black kid in the library in fourth grade uh, called me a cracker. <laughs> oh, nice. And I was like, I'm sorry? That's what? not even... <laughs> The thing about that is, like, that's not even a bad, like, racial no, epithet. No, that's what cute. I'm saying. It's it, was a, it was adorable. But... It was the most adorable racism someone can experience, and that's the only time it's ever happened to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no so, such thing as cute yeah. racism, so, so usually. So I, I don't feel like I've been suppressed at all at, yeah. at this time in our lives. I'm fine. You're I'm doing okay just, riding just the pine, is what you're saying. Yeah. Like, hey, man, it's someone else's moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's cool. I mean, you still live in a really weird place, but at least the racism is put up front in Tampa, which I can I can jive with. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, or or they'll be like, oh, you're one of the good one of those things that I hate. Oh, that's worse. That yeah. is by far the worst thing in the mm-hmm. world, man. Um, I don't know, man. I'm one of the good Puerto Ricans because I don't shave stars into my head. That's what I've been but told But you're one before. of the bad Puerto Ricans because you have a beard and long hair. No, I'm a bad Muslim because I have a beard. And I'm not <laughs> a Muslim at all. But, like, I told, I tell you when I went to Italy. So, I went to Italy. And I expected to be stopped when we went to JFK, you yeah, know, because yeah. I'm a brown dude with a beard in JFK. So See, it's I don't have that problem. I sail right through. That's White why dude I with shut a beard, up. No problem. Yeah. This is why you shut up. That's why I just I don't say a word. I don't say, I don't say anything generally. So I expected to get stopped at JFK and I yeah. always get shitty about that. And that's whatever. 
But then I went to Italy, man, mm. and this is where it really fucking got me because yeah. I expected to get stopped in in fucking you know there. Mm. But Italy and Paris got me so fucking mad because I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you guys were fucking enlightened and shit like this. You know what I mean? There was one time, and it was going from Italy to Paris, I believe, or maybe from Spain to to Italy. I don't really remember. Yeah. But anyway, I um from from where you're standing yeah. to right over here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so only about six feet to the listening audience tops. Um, there were three different people with checkpoints. Mm-hmm. Someone's like, hey, can I see your passport? I'm like, sure, here's my passport. I take mm-hmm. one step past this person. I'm stopped. Let me see your passport again. And I'm like, um, you just saw my passport. Yeah. Uh, do I really? And they grab my passport out of my hand and say, go over there to the side. Right. Oh, shit. To which they check my hands, my pants, my fucking ankles, my everything for explosive residue. And the entire time, because this is not good, but I'm like, I, I wish a motherfucker would. Like, I'm talking so much shit to these fucking mm-hmm. people. And I'm just like, I expected this back in the States where we're openly racist, but not here. Like, losing my shit, man. And really, at some point, I'm just like, Christian, shut the fuck up. Like, there's two Christians now. And he's like, shut yeah. the fuck up. Yeah. You're about to go to an Italian jail. Yeah. They don't play that kind of shit, man. This is a whole different ballgame. Oh, it man. is. And the problem is that, like, they're... So I do all this, and I mm-hmm. get stopped. It's two minutes for them to literally fucking check everything that I have. Yeah. And then I take two more steps, and I'm stopped again oh, and asked for my passport. I'm about to lose my fucking shit, man. And I think the fourth one, the fourth time they did it, they were trolling me. They were just yeah. like, you want to see how mad this fucking Yankee's going to get? You know what I mean? <laughs> So, like, I don't know, but it bothered me because it's just like, you know, all these other places have terrorist attacks. And, in fact, like, we think we have the m- monopoly on the terrorist attacks because of 9-11. Like, that was so we big, totally man. totally man. Yeah. Europe's been getting fucked over and for a while. That's the point. And so it's just like, I assumed that they were way more kosher about this. I don't have to take my shoes off when you're right. going through airports in Europe. That's you, not a thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, you think that Europe is going to be this, like, liberal bastion where everybody's like... Of a baguette. It's yeah. a fine. Paris is closer. Cigarettes. Paris is closer. What I yeah. found out is that Italy are the most non-politically correct country in Europe. Like, they Italy never got is? the memo. Yeah, they call people, they call handicapped people mongoloids still. Which, as a word, is hilarious. But yeah. as a definition, is right. a lot kind less Kind of like funny. our use of midget in the last episode. <laughs> Um, we're, we're part of the problem. I just want to keep bringing us back but to only that. M-words, I need to stay grounded. Only M-words. Midget, mongoloid, those are fine. They've been They're grandfathered funny. in, okay? But I don't know about any of the other ones. Uh, yeah, I don't either. But it was the whole thing where like it really bothered me. And yeah, Paris seems to be a lot closer to what is good about the world. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's bullshit, still, man. It's still bullshit. You know what? I think that the problem is no matter where you go, you're going to run into some bullshit. Just yeah. like Carlin said. Yeah, I mean, the French were cooler, and I think it's because the French are in debt with us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They gave us the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> okay, let me tell you this. So that's obviously before World War II, right? But someone asked me, because they they give us one of the arches, too. And they're mm. like, why do they just keep giving you shit? What have you ever <laughs> given them? And I'm like, um, we saved them from the Nazis. Oh, and Freedom Fries. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we liberate. So we're going to dine. We liberated them from fries. Yeah. <laughs> and the Nazis. And the Nazis. More importantly, <laughs> the fries. But a close second was the Nazis. No, dude, and it's one of those things. I'm like, we will dine for free in this town forever because of that. Which, <laughs> like, by the way, Freedom Fries is like a joke now, but like, how fucked was that? Like, that when was, we did that it, that was some preposterous shit. Was that like our condition? Because, like, it, we will liberate you, but well, this no, French shit's be, gotta go. Because France didn't stand with us uh, in George W. Bush's campaign against Iraq. Yeah, wisely. Wisely didn't stand with us. Yeah, wisely. Yeah. For good reason, they didn't fucking get themselves embroiled in a quagmire. (laughs) (laughs) And then, because of that, we're like, they ain't American. It's like, obviously not, they're fucking French. French. They're Gauls at best. Number one. (laughs) So we're gonna change the name of our most beloved thing we got from them, which didn't actually come from. Wasn't from them at all. Freedom fries. 
And then everyone, fucking all the places in the land of the Bubba's were like, yeah, fuck French. <laughs> like, why do you think that happened, man? I said this when I was in France. I was like, listen, when you hear about Denmark surrendering surrendering to the Nazis, you're like, well, I get that, man. He's a mm-hmm. fucking king. There's one dude's got to make a whole decision for everybody. It's a small country. They ain't got tanks, right? Like, yeah. they ain't stand a chance <laughs> against Adolf. So you know what you do? You fucking fold. You live to fight another day. Right. Respect to Denmark. Much respect. Paris, though. Was a fucking like booming goddamn country, and those fuckers laid down so goddamn quick, man. Yeah. Like there was no problem there. And I remember reading this thing that Stephen Merchant said, where he's talking about, "I'm so tired of people saying how beautiful Paris is, but how ugly London is." It's like maybe if we had just rolled over like spineless cowards, we'd have a beautiful city too. And I'm like, Ooh. apt, apt, man. Ooh. I don't know why I was just walking around Paris, being like, "This is all pretty. You don't deserve this. Like there should be craters everywhere. You fucking yeah. people. You that, didn't that, fight for the Jews." That footage like, of. Uh, fucking Hitler looking at the Eiffel Towers. Um, man, it's just, you can't believe that happened. I can't believe any of it happened. And he only tried to go after England too, right? And yeah. he strategically bombed around the Canterbury mm-hmm. Cathedral because, like, say what you want about Hitler. He had mad respect for architecture, okay? <laughs> he like, loved it. It's one of the few, <laughs> like, redeeming qualities about Hitler. <laughs> Love that Hitler architect, man. I can't believe I'm fucking... I'm like, hey, there are uh, absolutely zero redeeming qualities. In defense qualities. of Hitler, new episode title. <laughs> The 1% of Hitlers. We're going to wreck on the first episode. Uh, yeah, so this one guy really loved architecture, and apparently wiener dogs, doctions, like, they, that was his shit, dude. He loved it. He's, you know, people would bring him dogs, and be like, you make, you make them feel so happy. Specifically wiener dogs? They loved them, dude. And their stomach is so low to the ground. Um, I had an aunt, okay. Aunt Marie. I told Dolores this story yesterday. I don't know if you heard it. Ah, yeah, it's fucked up. It's a horrible story. Please. Yeah, no, I We need a palate cleanser after Hitler. This great Aunt Marie who, um, she had a a wiener dog. I forget what the dog's name was. It doesn't matter. But her husband's name was Tom and he had just passed away and all she had left was his dog, this wiener dog. So she started thinking, I think, in her old mind that this dog was her husband. So she started giving the dog all of the meals that she used to prepare for her husband. All right, quickly. How old was uh, was was your aunt during the story? Like, old, old? This or? is, like, great aunt. So she's, oh. like, 78. She's on her way out. Okay. Like, all her brothers and sisters are starting to drop off like flies, and she had about five of them. It doesn't matter. Like, very Italian woman, too. Um, so she was making, like, pasta for this dog. She was making steak, ice cream. This dog was fat as shit. Now, I'm talking wiener dog fat, yeah. which is a different kind of fat from yeah. for a normal dog. Normal dog has like legs that it can kind of support itself. This fucker is rubbing himself. Yeah, all like on the, the stomach was already like a lean wiener dog. The stomach is probably going to drag sometimes, but this thing was like a balloon. It was like a watermelon with legs. And it was just trying to fucking scurry across the floor, and it was all out of breath all the time, and just smelled bad. But you couldn't say anything because my aunt would yell at you and chase you with her cane. I just wanted to talk about that. So, Hitler, you chose well in terms of funny dogs. And architecture, I guess. Yeah. This is what we're so trying So, these to are the two and only two good things I'll ever say about you. You did appreciate architecture and you appreciated the funniest dog yeah. uh, that, you know, God's kingdom has ever produced. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> I just... I really was like, man, you know what my achievement of the week is? That yeah. we just did five minutes on redeeming Hitler qualities. <laughs> And well, I don't hate myself somehow, so yeah, I guess that's really impressive. I'm in like a really good place with myself right now. Um, yeah, I mean, you I don't know, know what, man. What? We're doing pretty good. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, if anyone listens to this outside of context, they're clearly anti-Semitic assholes, but well, we're, we're hoping that this is like... The rest of it was terrible, but yeah. the dog part? Well, yeah, who's going to fucking hate on Hitler for that? How do you like dogs but not, you know, other human beings? Well, there's some story about Hitler in World War One that he had a fucking dog in the trench. 
Mm. And the dog, like, saved his fucking life, man. Oh, really? You haven't heard this story? No. All right, so apparently, here's the other, another redeeming quality of Hitler, apparently, mm. at least from the German perspective, was that he's a brave motherfucker. Like, in World War One, he, or he's a crazy motherfucker, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he would purposely volunteer for these, like, really dangerous goddamn message missions, right? Mm-hmm. So he would go and he'd fucking do things all the time. And there is a story of there was a dog in the trench with him that, like, kept biting at his thing to show him something. And he gets up. And he goes over there and literally fucking bombs. Rain the fuck down where he was. Like, it was a thing. Do you you think the dog knew, or do you think the dog had just found, like, a fucking bone and he wanted to show Hitler? He's like, dude, look at this fucking bone I just found, bro. they were really close. They were just, like, you know, showing him all the The dog was just really excited. He wanted to share it with somebody, and it was just, like... They had two separate ideas of what the spoils of war were. You know what I mean? So the dog is just trying to show him some, like... Hitler's like, this fucking dog just saved my life, and now I'm gonna kill a lot of people. (laughs) His purpose was shown to him. And the dog's like, dude, I found a bone. You think that same dog, like, eventually confronted Hitler? But, like, what have you become, Adolf? <laughs> Remember, we used to be in the trenches together. Like, it's like a reena- reenactment of, like, behind the music. Like, used to be about the music, man. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, you slag. Why is, he, why is he British? They're German at best. All the musicians are British. Don't That's worry true. about it. And we would do this, we would do it like any historical film, where for some reason everyone has English accents instead of yeah, Greek or like an German. Enemy at the Gates, when everybody playing a Russian has an English accent, except for Bob Hoskins, who actually bothered to do a Russian accent. Bob Hoskins, man. And Ed Harris, who did a German. I like all the American, well, he's British, so that doesn't matter. But like any actor he tries to go for, man, I'm just this Holocaust film once called The Grey Zone, which has... David Arquette in it for some reason because when you think Holocaust film I've heard of this movie yeah I fucking love it I'm a big fan isn't it like a a concentration or POW camp no it's a concentration camp proper like they show people getting gassed and shit and like the main premise of the movie is that this little girl is gassed too but she ends up on the bottom of this pile and there's just enough fucking thing yeah where like she is fucked up she can't talk like she's lost all her, her abilities to do things but she's alive Right. And so it's about like these people who throw all the bodies out, see her and they're like harboring this poor fucking child. Right. Mm. At the same time, they're trying to plan a fucking revolt. I'm telling you all this to tell you that in act three, Harvey Keitel shows up out of nowhere with the best German accent you've ever heard. And by best, I mean the worst fucking German accent you have ever heard. But he sells it, man. He sells it so fucking hard and he plays a good Nazi. And that is the thing I really want to talk about. Like he's good at being a Nazi or he's a good guy who happens to be (laughs) a Nazi. Exactly. And that's what I want to talk about. The fucking myth of the good Nazi, okay? These fucking assholes. It's like the people who are like, you know, it's the people who like love the Confederacy. They're like, not for the slavery, just for, you know, the other stuff. And you're like, what other stuff? You're like, you know, like the free labor. I mean, like that really cool flag and, uh, Etc. Right? Like we made our own funny and the money. flags <laughs> celebrating the slavers. <laughs> he went back to this flag, man. That's all he yeah, had. They love the flags. But it's that thing. It's that idea of like, Dukes oh, he was okay. Like the good slave owner. Oh, he was okay. He taught me how to read. He owned slaves. He's not okay. That's the common denominator here. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, that makes me recontextualize it's like, everyone. It's like, I like. A Benedict Cabbage Patch in Twelve Years a Slave. It's like, is he really a good guy? No. No, no one who's okay with this is a good guy. But it makes me recontextualize people that I really like from history. Like, I really, you know, like, you have to have a reverence for the founding fathers. All slave owners. Everyone except TJ. Because that motherfucker's a real piece of shit. And I realize I'm calling Thomas Jefferson TJ. You know what I mean? Thomas Jefferson is a piece of shit because he didn't own slaves? No, no. He, I'm saying he was the, you have to have reverence for all the founding fathers. But I generally cut him out of the reverence of founding fathers, right? And not, and that's the double standard here. Washington owned slaves? 
right? I thought Tom TJ was a pretty good guy. Oh my god, Thomas Jefferson's a righteous asshole. Are you kidding me? Just fucked and raped every goddamn woman in a slave oh. pit. Had so many illegitimate kids. Yeah, dude, you know I, that was Keen total, Peel I was sketch? totally kidding. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> that Keen Peel sketch where he's just like, I just went to Ancestry.com and I found out that I'm actually a descendant of Thomas Jefferson. And they just keep going. It's like every black dude in the entire uh-huh. United States of America it's is related somehow to related Thomas to Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. And that's like, oh, it's cute. Rape. That's what actually happened, man. Like, See, Benjamin Franklin, that that was all consensual with him, though, right? Like, he was, just, well, as far as we know. I mean, he was, a, he was a philanderer, too, man. He was. He had a lot of illegitimate children. Yeah, and but Paris, I, I think he was just wooing ladies, you mm-hmm. know, with his, you know, loquaciousness. Yeah, he was just a fucking Mac, bro. Yeah. That's what, that song, Return of the Mac, is about Ben it's Franklin. Benny Franklin. It's actually an old fucking Dude, I, doll song, man. Ben Franklin was a fucking G, man. Like, I love straight him. Up, oh, he, he's he, like, he, he developed the first fire department in Philly. Yeah, keep going. Um, he Bye, did the, the first uh, Farmer's Almanac. Yeah. Um, fucking. Uh, say Bifocals again. He bifocals, created the Bifocals. Daylight Savings. He's the first one to propose it. Which, you know, I'm not on board with it, but I, you know, he did it. The brain. <laughs> to think <laughs> of it. it. Electricity. Yeah, man. I wrote a. I which wrote was a, kind of a, a weird one to forget. I wrote a. Um, Why did I remember the Farmer's, farmer's Almanac? Well, you see him all the time. Electricity. <laughs> he created it. That's my favorite fucking bullshit story. People yeah. are like. You know, electricity and lightning, they're the same. He tied thing. a key to a kite and killed himself almost. Yeah, see, I gotta figure out how to work that story into it. So what I did after Hamilton broke, I wanted to write a Franklin musical, mm-hmm. okay? But without writing any music. So I just took the acapella versions of fucking uh, uh, Hamilton, mm. and then I rapped over it to Franklin. And I might actually end this up. Well, I'll fucking do a verse, because I got the acapella on this computer, so mm-hmm. I'll do something. But I did a whole thing about Franklin and all the cool shit he did, man. He was a G. He really was a fucking G. I'm sorry, man. This has turned into a Franklin cast. Honestly, like, like Franklin, of, of all those guys, I feel like I have the most respect for him. You because know? he was like, I don't want to be president. Well, he yeah, gives a yeah, shit. Yeah, like, you ever see like portraits of all those guys and they're arguing and pointing fingers mm-hmm. and like Franklin's just got his arms crossed and he's like smiling. Smoking a J. Has he's, some like, fucking slippers on. He's about to take a on. nap or something. He's like, whatever, I'm about to go out. Yeah. The, like the, he was just doing it as a hobby. He created a whole country... Just because he was boredom, there. Because he could. Yeah. <laughs> it's what it was. He's man. like, what else am I going to do? Uh, yeah, man. Hamilton really ruined shit for me. He was probably a piece of shit. Because, <laughs> maybe. I don't know, man. He cheated on his wife all the time, which is a problem. Well, but. he wasn't a good husband, but, you know, was he was he <laughs> so habitually raping slaves? I would yeah. hope not. I mean, that's a dark history. I, this is a dark you, podcast. Yeah, we went, to, we went to Hitler. We went to <laughs> slave rape. I mean, it's gone all over we the We started place. off with Me Too and, yeah. and serial killers and uh, got over here. Well, we started off with Face Off, so we kept it light. We tried to give you, like, an yeah. entry point. I guess yeah, we, we started off with the murder of a female FBI agent and just worked our way downwards. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I don't know. So, like, I think about those. These Franklin's mm-hmm. cool because he never wanted to be president, right? Mm-hmm. How much of a G is he? They put him on the fucking highest denomination and of And no bills. one's mad about it. Why would people be mad about it? Oh, well, because like Andrew Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Like, like fuck some that people guy. are like, yeah, fuck that guy. Even though he was the president, like Franklin was never even the president, and he's on the hundred dollar bill. Yeah, does it make you feel that like Hamilton was a president? He's on the ten. Like we have two bills for fuckers who did not serve the office of presidency. Yeah, which is that's real. That's real, man. Like, what's up with that? You don't got no FDR on anything. Well. Would you want to? I mean, like, because we know he knew about the Holocaust for years. It was just like not my problem. 
You know? He had some health issues. Give the guy a break. Okay, but when they finally fought, it's not like Roosevelt was like, I'm in the front lines. <laughs> Give me in my chair. chair. He's just fucking rolling down hills and shit. Like, no, nah, man, it didn't happen like that. He's got a grand rifle or something. Oh, my God. Bowie knives fucking on both of the wheels and stuff. Just a fucking bandana. He's going into the fucking jungles. Oh, my God. So good. He's starting so Vietnam good. before it happens. <laughs> It's a time loop. <laughs> Every war that America has ever fought has been Ben Franklin instigating this shit, man. Time travel Franklin, I'm telling you, dude. Dude, I think about time travel Franklin all the time. Like, because if there is a founding father that we would bring back, and I was talking about this yesterday mm-hmm. with some people, but, like, everybody's always talking talking about, like, oh, man, like, if the founding fathers could see our country today, what would they say? And it's like, I don't give a shit about any one of them except for Franklin. What would Franklin say? Yeah. Right? WWFS in this. And, and if we're being honest, he'd be like, What's that? What's that? What's that? Right? What's that? What's that? And then he would like walk into traffic and There's die. There's a saying that if a lion could talk, you still wouldn't be able to understand him because the reference points in which we use our language yeah. for are not the same. He see trees and shit yeah. all day. Like we couldn't understand Lion him. doesn't know that a cow goes moo. You know, uh, we start there. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, no, dude, it's, it, but it's the truth. So it's just like if uh, Franklin came back, it's 200 and some odd fucking years since then, right? It's yeah. like... He wouldn't know what any of this shit is. Like, yeah, if you were to show him This Is America by Donald Glover, he'd be like, um... Now this, I can... No, he still wouldn't understand it, right? <laughs> yeah. But that's my point. It's just like, uh, homie doesn't fucking get the all the shit that came before. So how many things would you have to explain to him before he could even have a baseline understanding it of shit? It would be like that scene in um, Austin Powers 2 when they bring him to the future. Or is that Austin Powers 1? Might be 2. When, whichever one they bring <laughs> with the, the beetle, future. the convertible beetle, right? And, well, they, they have to like give him a history lesson, right? Am I remembering? Yeah, that's one? right. That's and right. And they have to catch him up on all of pop culture and history or whatever. Yeah, it'd be like that, except two hundred and something years. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, if if anybody could do it, it would be um, uh, Ken Burns. Ken Burns would do it. Yeah. Let me sit you down for the longest documentary ever. What's the topic? Baseball. Ah, fuck. Like, it's always baseball with this guy. All of American and world history. I've seen, the thing is, Ken Burns, like, if you can get through them, they're wonderful. Oh, yeah. Like, they really are. Except that baseball one, man. That one bothers me. I don't know. Do we need eight hours of baseball stories? Like, you know, I'm someone who doesn't give a shit about baseball, but I went to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, in Cooperstown. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Where is that? Where is that? In Cooperstown? Yeah, but is that New York? Is that, where is that? Ohio? No, that's canton what am i thinking no, i'm of? pretty sure it's in new york it's, so it's okay it's upstate. yeah it's, right. it's upstate new york yeah. um and it's really cool it's by glacier lake it's in the mountains or whatever oh right on it's like this small town yeah um i really recommend it for someone who's actually into baseball because yeah, I, I didn't baseball. give one shit about it but so do you felt you had some kind of reverence for i it saw some of the first baseballs how did they look old <laughs> <laughs> weathered uh, <laughs> you know a bag of, of, of flesh yeah. if you will i mean they're very old you I know mean, what i mean I um there's some weird shit about baseball because they have different terminologies for different eras of the game. Hmm. And my favorite one is the dead ball era. Yeah. And that's just when people could not hit the ball. So it was either there was like a fucking iron deficiency in all baseball players at the time. Makes sense. Or the balls were fucked was it up. like rations from the wall? <laughs> Dude, the, all right, here's the truth though. Baseball's metal as fuck because unlike all the other sports which weren't necessarily around back then, not yeah. in the same way. Like America really, or baseball really is America's pastime, right? Yeah. Um, you had fucking amazing people be like, fuck my career, making a bunch of money, let's go kill some fucking Nazis. Yeah. When people say they were the greatest generation, I'm sorry, like, it's shit like that that kind of proves that shit to me. Now, they yeah. were all racist assholes. They were great for different reasons, okay? It was an innocent time, man. You had Uncle Sam on a poster going, we want you. Yeah. I you had know? to tell an ex-girlfriend once that Uncle Sam wasn't real, and this shattered her whole fucking life. 
Because she's like, what do you mean Uncle Sam's not real? He's he, based on a real guy, though, right? I don't think so. I think he's purely propaganda, bro. I mean, look it up. Like, fact look, check me. I'm but I'll tell you the story. So I was dating this girl named Abigail way, 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 way back. And uh, she's from Hungary, right? Now, she's like American. She had been here for 10 years or something. But again, she is a person from Hungary. She's a Hungarian, if you will, mm-hmm. trying to fucking learn about all this shit. So when she saw Uncle Sam, she literally thought it was like, oh, Uncle Sam is a real fucking guy named <laughs> Sam Uncle. <laughs> that was his Sam name. Uncle. And he loved to wear that fucking outfit all the time. And he wants you for some reason. You know what I mean? So I had to explain to her, like, Uncle Sam's not real. He's a propaganda thing from like the 1860s, like during the Civil War. And they're like, no, no, that's not true. It might actually be earlier. I'm not even sure. What do you got? Okay, so I'll just read you the first sentence here. Uncle Sam is a common national personification of the American government or the United States in general that, according to legend, came into use during the War of 1812 and was supposedly named for Samuel Wilson. Oh, real person. The actual origin is a legend. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go to Samuel Wilson. So it's a little column A, a little column... Oh, man, he kind of looks like Uncle Sam. Kind of looks like him. All right, take it all back, Abby. I was wrong. He was a meatpacker from Troy, New York, whose name is purportedly the source of Uncle Sam. But what if there's a bunch of just Sams? Like, every Sam in the world is I feel like that. it's a very common name, and a lot of them lived in America, but who am I? <laughs> a historian? No. I'm just a regular Jamoke from... The old neighborhood. Lo- yeah. <laughs> it's not an old neighborhood. It was a very new development, actually. Well, but, you know, I mean, Florida is like 15, 14, right? I'm from a swamp. Let's <laughs> let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. That's racist. You can't say that word anymore, man. Spade? Yeah, whoa, whoa. Just saying it again. Like, Who is this racist? David Spade can't even say his last <laughs> I name I was about anymore. to ask, <laughs> like, come on, but I didn't God. want to say his last name for fear of being racist. I don't even racist. know if that's true, man. I, spade, I think, is bad. Spook's all bad. But then I heard it, like, you can call a CIA agent a spook, right? That's, like, a, one of the nicknames yeah, for Yeah, like, because they're spooky. They're ghosts. <laughs> yeah, they fucking go all over the place. So what about a shovel? What about a shovel? There are different kinds, and there's a very specific kind that is racist now. What is it... To, you you want me to yeah. say it so that you can accuse me of being racist? You're giving me <laughs> no. permission. I need to know what it is. It's gonna... called a spade shovel. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. Son of a bitch. I didn't, know I, was re- I didn't know if it got really bad, dude. I well, apparently like... spade is bad. I didn't know so if it was know. like Blackie Magoo shovel. I'm like, holy shit, Blackie Magoo, that's Since awful. Since when is spade racist? Who's it racist against? I don't against? know if it is, man. I don't know. I, I may have jumped the gun there. I may have thought spade and spook was the same thing, but you know, check it out, bro. There's there's irresponsible, and then there's that. You can't even play the game Spades in the city anymore. De Blasio made that shit illegal as fuck, man. So what's with De Blasio? I don't know. He's an asshole. Oh, okay. I mean, he's fine. He's fine. I don't know why I'm saying that. The real problem with De Blasio is that uh, he really is doing a Robin Hood shit here, which is good. He, like, prioritizes on the poor. So, like, when uh, storms get really bad and shit like that and power outages go out in the city... Always goes to the poor neighborhoods first, puts them up. So instead of like women and children first, it's poor first. The poor, yeah. Motherfucker then, rich kid, all right? Tell yeah, him to they, nourish they himself. they all got the high rises anyway. They're fine. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's the thing. He's fine. The other problem, though, is that he is a fiscally uh, just an asshole. He, uh, he, so you, I think I told you this, or was it Tyler? Anyway, I told one of you fuckers this, and you're like, seems practical to me. Mm-hmm. Guy takes a helicopter everywhere. He's got a mile to go. Take a fucking car, That guy. was me. That and, was you? And again... My lifelong dream to the podcasting audience, and it is true, my lifelong fucking dream since I, well, since I was five, yeah, is lifelong. to own my own helicopter. Yeah, but you'll own it, Max. That's the difference. He's using taxpayer money to use the city jet. And... Which is where you won me back over. Okay. I get it. Okay. I was, so I was defending him, but you know, he's using taxpayer money. That's true. Now, but that said, if I were in his position, like we like to pass judgment, but if I had ac- access to taxpayer funds, and if I could use those funds to joyride in a helicopter, I can't say that I would resist the temptation. You that would be a- like every day an alcoholic being in the same room as a bottle of fine whiskey. <laughs> okay. 
let me let me fight back on this, which is if you have to take a fucking all right, you were in what they Lord? take off vertically. <laughs> It's true lies. It's true lies again. All right, let me push back on this just a little bit, which is that if you were in Lower Manhattan, you were in the World Trade Center area, your financial Mm -hmm. district the other day. I sure was. You took a fucking lift home, right? Yeah. took you how long to get to Brooklyn? 22 minutes. Amazing, right? Because there's no fucking traffic. You can get through this city incredibly quick, right? Because my point is you have to go three miles away. It's a Mm -hmm. 20-minute lift, okay? Mm -hmm. Or it's $15,000 to go in a fucking jet, okay? Or to go in the helicopter. How do you how do you keep justifying the cost of this? And here's the other thing: it ain't like a once a, once or twice thing a week. This fucker does everywhere. Going to the gym, two blocks away. Fire up the helicopter. I'm going to the gym. They land on the fucking top of the thing. But you do always talk about how much you hate those tourists in Manhattan. That's true. And if you had the opportunity to literally yeah, just fly above, but them. I didn't run for the mayor of New York City, so I'm allowed to hate people. You know what I mean? <laughs> Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's I mean, fair. come on. I mean, yeah, like, I'm not saying that I don't agree with you. I'm just saying I understand the temptation. Sure, Because man. I'm in his, like, I get it. Me and de Blasio, we're the same. I fucking get it too, man. Mostly, I like his kid's afro. That's the real truth of it. I think that kid's afro is... I didn't know his kid had an afro, but I respect it. Bro, you haven't seen this kid's afro? I don't pay attention to New York. I don't live here yet. Yet. Oh, man. Are you excited about that? Let me... I mean, obviously you are. But so if, if the word comes in and you're officially going to get this move, you're going to be joining a proud uh, history of Chicago meat or something. <laughs> Chicago <laughs> Sorry, man. I was doing fucking documentary. Now my mind wandered for a second. A proud meat tradition, right? No, but you are going to come there and you're going to be in a place where you have some OG friends and, and yeah. creative people. But beyond that is someone who... Um, I mean, it's not like you hadn't escaped. You'd been to Atlanta. You'd been to a couple places or whatever. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, you're still living in Tampa. Yeah. As a person who's, like, coming here, uh, what does that mean to you, man? You're going to be able to walk these streets whenever you want. And you're I a weirdo. It's... Like, you are you don't hate Manhattan yet. That's the other thing. Audience listeners, if you know this about me, I fucking hate the city. I think it's awful. Everything below 14th Street's fine and everything above it is just a shit hell, shithole, right? You have, don't live here yet, so you love it. And it's funny because our friend Caitlin's sister was here. Mm-hmm. She's the biggest basic touristy, uh, I'm not going to say bitch because that's that's strong, but you know what I mean? She's basic, man. She just wants to go to all the tourist spots, man. You know what? I, you know what? I, I, I get it. She's only here for a few days. She wants to see the greatest hits. I get that. You know, it's kind of like when you go to a, a, a concert and you want to hear like some songs, you know. Yeah. You know, you're paying some money like you deserve to see something, right? Yeah, but like, what's wrong with that? It's not. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just how many times can you go to fucking Central Park? My friend, my <laughs> old friend Chloe moved here. A different Chloe. Yeah. Um, and she moved over here, and on their days off, they would go to Times Square and they would okay. go eat at the see, Olive Garden. Times Square. Times Square. I have okay. That's awful. <laughs> I, I have no desire to see Times Square. But that said, there is a certain magic to it for me because I've seen New York and I, I used to go, come here as a kid. So I also have that nostalgia factor too. And I always went to Manhattan. So seeing it through an adult's eyes mm-hmm. is a different experience. And sure. it's sort of like a nostalgic experience too. And on top of that, you know, I've seen New York through the lens of different directors over the years as well. And I've mm-hmm. seen how it's changed via film. So to actually physically be there is like this kind of warm feeling, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, sort of a magical thing. Like I was laying on this, this big rock by myself in Central Park, watching the sun go down as the buildings lit up against like a dusk lit sky. Yeah. And then I emerged from the park and the wind blew in my face and all of a sudden I was in the city. 
and then and it was like pure fucking magic. Oh man, I thought you were gonna say like and the fucking trees and the wind and then fucking Ben Franklin was there. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> no, I was being like straight up serious. Like the like that was a moment for me, and I was like so glad yeah, yeah. that I got to like do that experience and do that by it. myself. And that's my favorite way to experience a city, yeah. by the way, is to just walk by myself. For yeah, me. let me just throw this yeah. out here for anyone who listens to this podcast and wants to visit me. I do not need to be your end-all, be-all for entertainment. Like, yeah. you're going to come to this city. It's the greatest city in the world. Get the You can stay here, but get the fuck out and explore. Mm-hmm. Go walk around. And you are by far my favorite yeah. because you don't need me to have a good time. <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, so, so much so I get hurt. I'm like, don't Aww. you need me, Max? And you're like, no, I don't need you, man. <laughs> I just saw Ben Franklin at Central Park. You know what I mean? Me like, and Ben fuck. were, like, tearing the town up, bro. Oh, man. Oh, Christ. He would not be cool with, uh, with tourists. He'd be like, fuck it, fire up the chopper. I feel like he'd get real drunk real fast. We would have to explain what I'd a chopper like is I'd be like holding his stringy hair back while he threw up in a gutter. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't think he had much hair. about, you know, taxation. And I'd be like, bro, we're well past that. <laughs> you we need to move to on. Him. We're in the Me Too era, my friends. We got bigger problems. <laughs> All right, the British! The tyrant King George! <laughs> It's like, bro, he is dead as You're living shit. in the past, Frank. Bu- Bubby, you need to sit down for a second. Here's a cell phone. Play with it for a while. It's like that fucking scene from The Fifth <laughs> Element where she learns all of his human yeah, history. Right. And she cries. She's like, no. Franklin gets to the A-bomb and he's like, fuck it, I'm done. Just kills himself yeah. like a samurai. He's like, man. there's another like 80 years after this? <laughs> like, where do you go? That's the truth, man. If you're, leaving, if you're learning about all human history, right. you get to the A-bomb. You've just been living in fear for the past 80 years? <laughs> what? Oh, Ben Franklin, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm not. That, that old bitch. Some.
days. I said, yeah, what a concept. I could use a little feel myself and we could all use a little Shooting stars break the mold.